0: It is possible, as you design your second act, to not only have a better, more functioning board of directors, but to have a company that fits you like a well-tailored suit of clothes, to have a CEO position that enables you to watch your kids' school play, and maybe your son go to dance class and your daughter go to baseball and to hold your wife's hand as you walk down the street or up the driveway at the school. It is possible to have all those things if you allow yourself. One of the opportunities that I think is available to all of us is to really deeply answer the question, how do I want to be as an adult, as a leader? How do I want to relate to work? That's the back end, if you will, of that notion of radical self-inquiry. Like that's the, for what reason do I do that? So that I can actually define and choose things because I'd like to.
1: Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. One of the hardest and best periods of my life took place in the spring of 2014. I've talked about that period a lot on this podcast. My wife and I were expecting our first daughter, Emmeline. I'd just been part of shutting down a startup that I really had poured so much into over the three years prior, and I had absolutely, positively no idea where I'd go or what I'd do next. It was terrifying, and it was energizing. It was full of scary outcomes, but also endless possibilities. But it didn't feel that way at first. Closing down the company had felt like letting go of the trapeze up to that point. It had been a scary flight through the air, but at least I had something to cling to. But once I let go, just flying through the air with nothing solid to hold or be held by. And that was really scary. Where was it going to land? Was it going to be okay? Where is the next thing for me to hold on to, to cling tightly to? When is this flight going to end? And then somewhere something shifted. What if instead of being afraid to hit the ground, I could learn to love to fly? What if I could stop looking for answers out there and get curious about what was going on in here? I learned to get curious about the moment, the feeling of the uncertainty, about who I had been and who I might be. And I let go. I did the things I was curious and interested in. I read more than I'd ever read. I met with so many amazing, interesting people that i always wanted to meet with. I moved my body a lot. I just lived my life. And in flying through the air in that uncertainty, I I learned an important lesson that I carry today. Even when floating through the air of uncertainty, you can still find ground. You can find ground within. You can be grounded by finding who you are and what you stand for. I was speaking to a friend recently who just left his company, one that he'd been involved with for many years. And I could feel his anxiety, a bit of relief, his sense of overwhelm and his terror with a little bit of excitement about what might lie ahead. And I felt for him for sure, but I also felt a little jealous for I know what that time can mean for someone. If he leans in, the moments ahead could be generative for him. And he too can find the certainty of knowing you can find ground even when floating. Fritz Bromder finds himself midair on his own journey. First as the co-founder and CEO of Brand Live, then the former CEO, then the CEO again, and then entrepreneur without a company who wasn't sure where he was headed next. In this conversation, Jerry and Fritz explore how he can not only heal what he's come through, but even grow, and how he can possibly find solid ground for the future, even while floating through the air. Enjoy. So many of the leaders we speak with, we work with, we hear from, are tired or worn down. Perhaps you are too. Taking care of our teams, our families, our communities. Doing what we can to keep those around us safe, healthy, and thriving. In the midst of all these noble pursuits, we can forget to tend to our own well-being. This November 13th through 15th, the Reboot team will be facilitating a new kind of virtual retreat designed to help leaders reset, reconnect with themselves and with others, and to build inner resilience for the challenging days yet to come. Join us for this unique experience that combines remote resilience practices, coaching exercises, facilitated time in nature, and fellowship with other leaders doing their best to meet this moment with strength, grace, and authenticity. You will leave with a greater awareness of the personal leadership habits and strategies for being the leader you want to be in a time like this. To learn more about this retreat or to apply, head to reboot.io slash weekend.
0: Hey, Fritz, good Hi. to meet you. Good to meet you as well, Jerry. Thanks for coming on the show. Before we get started, why don't you just take a minute and introduce
2: yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Fritz Brumder. I am the co founder and was the CEO of a company called Brand Live. Um, we are based in Portland, Oregon, and I've recently exited the business and now I've moved my family to Bend, Oregon. And things are going really well right now, but it uh, wasn't necessarily always that way. So we'll, we'll get into kind of the entrepreneurial journey of Brand Live.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm was the CEO, was the CEO. So um, would it be helpful to talk a little bit about the was the CEO journey?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, what's most helpful for me, I am now out of the company that I started. It was, you know, over a seven-year process, but we were really in it hard for seven years. Um, I had one co-founder in the company, but he was just really on the board more, of the initial co-founder and I can explain that story a little bit more, but I am in a period where I'm still kind of decompressing from that process. It ended well, and I'm in a really good spot right now. I've, you know, have some breathing room and have time to think and be creative and and working on two passion projects and hopefully going to launch my next company. But as a result of some of the like, the turmoil that I experienced as a result of starting and exiting my company, there's a little bit of fear in that process of like, one, am I ready to you know, jump back on the hamster wheel knowing that the energy and effort that it takes to start a company from ground zero and just to give you a little bit of an idea of scale. We raised around $5 million in capital, um, peaked at about 50 employees and contractors and uh, had global operations throughout the world. brand live is a live video delivery tool, so we basically create communication and collaboration for product companies so our customers were you know people like Nike and Levi's and GoPro and things like that. so it was a super fun ride for the vast majority of it, but also uh, some pain along the way
0: so maybe before we sort of dive into where you are now and some of that fear. And and maybe we can spend a little bit of time sort of plotting out a little bit of a path forward. Uh, I think for context, it might be helpful to talk a little bit about the transition out and what the last few months were like. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So my first question is, why'd you leave?
2: Um, Well, it's, it goes back to about a year ago. So. You know, the company was doing really well. We navigated a number of things. I mentioned I have one co-founder and we, we were a spin-out company. So, uh, you know, from the early company creation process, we navigated some pretty tough decisions very, very well. And then we grew and that process was insanely rewarding. Fantastic management team, culture of the company, momentum of the company, we made the top 400 of the Inc. 500 list the first two to three years in business. So we were growing well over 100 percent those first couple of years, um, and then just as the numbers got bigger, you know, even though we we're adding over a million in ARR, it just the percentage growth rate was tougher. And I started to notice some issues uh, with my board in particular. I was just we weren't seeing eye to eye in too many situations. And that started to become a problem as we were trying to make sense of why is the company not growing over 100 percent anymore? Mm. Um, even though we were making solid progress, it was mm. challenging to make sense of that. Uh, and I had one, one venture capitalist, one angel investor, my co-founder and an independent on the board.) Mm. So I, was, I mentioned to you I was, I've been in two reboot circles, and um, I was looking back at my journal entries from a lot of those sessions. And there were times where I realized I don't think I have the right board, or I'm not really managing my board the right way. Um, and I tried a, a number of different things to sort of realign and redirect. But ultimately, it led to me trying to make some changes on the board. And then I walked into a board meeting. Only two board members were there. So you know how that kind of meeting goes. And that was February 2018. And so they said, now's the time to hire a new CEO. You've done a fantastic job for it, but we want to take this company to the next level. We feel like it should be growing over 100% per year. Mm. And of course, that was... Difficult for me, but kind of the context of the situation was one of those You know Fritz do you want to be rich or do you want to be king? And I said, well, I don't you know have a big enough ego that I need to be king necessarily I want to see my baby grow as much as it can and so um, I'm open to this learning process and hopefully we can bring someone and use a mentor and all that well unfortunately what transpired after that, they're just those alignment issues that I talked about. It just wasn't, it wasn't the right situation and context to bring the right person in. So we hired somebody, you know, I tried to commit to it 110%, but it just really didn't work. Mm -hmm. And and then a lot happened and transpired throughout that process. But basically I had a low point in summer of 2019 where I was just like, I couldn't take it anymore because I felt like, I was watching my baby just get pummeled every day. Um, we ran into a ton of culture issues, which was one of our pride points. Um, growth went to negative, actually, so we had the opposite financial result. Um, and it just it got really bad. So there's, there's more in that particular moment that I can talk about. Um, but kind of the end of the story or bringing it up to present, I just kind of got into a fortunate situation where we, we ended up transitioning that CEO out. Um, I had an investor that was interested and willing to take the business to the next scale. So I got an opportunity to exit the business and start to think about the next thing. And that's just where I was mm. as, um, you know, as a creative, as an entrepreneur. I just couldn't dig my company out of the hole that it was in.
0: And so what, I decided what, to move on. What was that like for you? Now with with the benefit of hindsight, but and, and I just want to acknowledge and recognize that your pacing, your breath slowed down as we were talking about that period. What was that period like for you? Especially say middle of last year. Well, the the like mental
2: Position that I got myself in. I never had experienced something like that before. You know, I had this like intense pressure in my chest, which I felt, you know, early on as once we raised money and like the, the pressure of just being an entrepreneur and trying kind to of build a team, that is a, a difficult thing. And you feel the stress and the pressure from that. But this was a different kind of physical body pressure that I was feeling. And I was actually concerned for my, my health. I sought, treatment in a lot of different ways. I went to like a cardiologist and had an EKG and felt like I just don't want to, you know, fall over dead someday from the stress that I'm putting myself under. Mm. Uh, went to see some uh, mental therapists and really try to work through some of those things. So that was a really tough time and hard for me to figure out what parts of this do I talk about. I feel like there was a little bit of momentum around, you know, talking about mental health and In the entrepreneurial process so that felt I would say more comforting to talk to people about it Um, but it was definitely a tough time and I needed to just take some space right that was that was ultimately what I think made it um, okay for me was even though I was kind of needing to remove myself a little bit more and more
0: from my baby that ultimately became a healthy thing Mm What was it like watching somebody else take care of your baby? That was insanely hard.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, A friend of mine told me, or someone said, you know, can you imagine sort of inviting the babysitter over and then rather than going on a date, (laughs) parents stay and watch the babysitter and the babysitter, you know, starts to do things that you don't approve of and have negative impacts. That was really really difficult and just not a
3: good feeling mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. in my experience uh, one of the biggest sources of perhaps that initial pressure that we were feeling when you first raised the five million yeah. stems from when the founder merges their sense of self with the entity yep. I'll bring your attention back to that word, my baby, my baby. And recall, it's not a baby. But it certainly feels like an extension of self. And then uh, when we have that merged sense of self, when my identity stems from the positive and negative experience, right, 100% year-over-year growth, being named, you know one of the fastest growing companies um the positive and the negative experience of that growth slowing not sure what to do and then we compound the pain of that experience of merging our sense of self with the with the normal roller coaster ride of building a business um i was uh I was just talking to a client before who was getting advice from one of his board members. And his company's gone from 100% year-over-year growth to about 30% year-over-year growth. And he turned to his very uh, experienced, independent board member and said, what do you do when that happens? And he said, you got to manage the downside just as much as you're managing the upturns, right? The downturns as much as you manage the, the upturns.
3: Um, that's business. But when
0: we are merged in that way and then we're either forced to or voluntarily give over, or some combination of both, give over responsibility for the company and then it becomes incredibly painful. And so I think that one of the challenges, and I think you experience this, is that when you start to hand over responsibility, and you're in that, you've already merged your sense of self, but then that merged sense of self is still attached to the entity, but that entity is now being managed, even through a downturn, by someone else, yeah. it's, it's
3: particularly painful. Particularly painful.
2: I remember in one of my very first uh, Reboot Circle sessions, we had that exercise where we realized, wow, the company is a reflection of myself and therefore has a lot of the habits that I have. And that was a really important insight. I think Mm -hmm. over the next couple of years, I was able to transition a little bit of that, you know, Mm -hmm. from my identity to the company's identity. Right. Um, which was helpful in this transition process, but it definitely didn't overcome that.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: we're kind of on the other side of this transition now, right? And um, I'm really curious as to what advice you might give someone who is either going through or about to go through something similar. What would you tell them? Someone who's especially been a founder, and a senior leader, if not actually the CEO, and, uh, and is now finding themselves off either to the side or in a different role or maybe even outside entity. What advice would you give?
2: Well, the, the thing that I keep coming back to, and I don't have a perfect answer for this, but there was definitely things that I thought about hard conversations that I wanted to have that I sort of wrote about in my journal or I mm. even developed like little strategic communication plans for to try and address. And I didn't. And I th- that's one of the issues I feel like I have when, when a difficult conversation needs to be had, I don't always attack it head on, mm. but having gone through what I did it would have been a lot easier to attack that conversation, you know, to, to have that conversation. So I'd say the, the best piece of advice I could give based on my experience anyways, is just when, when you know something, you know something and you can kind of feel it, especially if it happens multiple times mm. and you just have to find a way to make that the reality. Mm-hmm. I did that for sure with, you know hitting numbers or hiring people or making sure that we didn't run into cash um cash flow issues and things mm-hmm. like that or cash constraints mm-hmm. it was more people side of things so that just when i knew something wasn't right i didn't address
0: it as head-on as i should have mm-hmm. and what about for the transition itself i mean there was this several month period where mm-hmm. there was a uh, I guess maybe even a year where there was someone else in the CEO seat and then there was this, uh, we need to change the business and the structure. And there was that transition going on. So what advice might you have during that transition period? Yeah, there
2: I'll pass on some advice that I got. That's been really beneficial. I talked to a guy who was founder of a company and a new CEO came in and during mm-hmm. his career, he was the opposite he came in as CEO of a company where the founder was still going to stay there. He said, You got to have a side project. If you're, especially if you're a creative founder, you got to have something to channel your energy that isn't directly back towards the company. And so that was really beneficial for me to spend some time thinking about and researching in in my case a topic that was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And so that my whole world wasn't brand live anymore. I had this mm-hmm. other. Um, and that's through the transition process, that's given me kind of hope and interest and passion to put towards something that's giving, you know, taking the void of that identity that you talked about.
0: You know, uh, it's funny that you say that because I think back to my own transition first out of, say, some of the major transitions in my life, first out of iron Partners which was the second VC firm I, I joined, but the first that I co-founded, and then to J.P. Morgan, and then out of J.P. Morgan, out of the venture business. And there was this period of wandering, if you will, with a bunch of different side projects. I served in a bunch of different boards of directors, and I was doing some writing at the time. But it wasn't until I had this other passion play, which was learning to be a coach, that really I began to get my ground back and the, the feeling. And, and then, of course, eventually launching Reboot 10 years, 12 years after becoming a coach, really having a completely different approach to the work than I, than I had in the beginning. You're making me recall that
2: time. Interesting creative time period, right, where you're sort of, decompressing from a prior situation, starting to get curious and interested and passionate about something else. But that's kind of the place I find myself in now. what, What do I want to dedicate myself to?
0: I'm remembering that time period. And that time period for me was spent with a lot of books and a lot of conversations and a lot of interesting little experiences and a groundlessness that would occur. I remember thinking about my the passage of time and the days feeling either inexorably or excoriatingly slow or incredibly fast. Like what yeah. just happened that day, and like not really having a sense of cadence in time. Does that resonate at all?
2: It does yeah, I've, I've said to a couple people. Um, I want to move fast and slow at the same time. Yeah. That's
0: that's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have this picture way back then, and this was probably about 15, 16 years ago. I was spending a lot of time. uh, At the time, the house I lived in, we had a a separate pool house, which I had organized as my office. And it was a gorgeous fireplace there. And big library and had all these books around me. And I remember spending time with a lot of the books and, and reading and doing some writing, and, but still feeling like the groundlessness and not having a center, not having a direction. And uh, I was deeply studying, immersed in studying Buddhism. And I would talk to a lot of teachers and they would uh, kind of infuriatingly just nod and tell me, good, stay in that spot. And it was awful. I wanted to get through that spot as quickly as possible. Um, You're smiling. I wonder if that feels resonant as well. It
2: does. Yeah, I feel this like uh, the weightlessness like you talked about, but also this sort of anxiousness. Yeah. And and a little bit of it. Fortunately, the way that Brand Live wrapped up, I've got a little bit of cushion. But it's you know nowhere near the exit and opportunity and change life change that I thought it was going to be. So I have this like personal interest of moving mm-hmm. what's next forward, but also a little bit of financial constraint too. So it's it's a tough time where you want to give that space, but also. Keep, you know, the, keep going, launch, go, go. Yeah, yeah.
0: And tell me, uh, Fritz, how old are you? I'm 41. Uh a minute 40, going to close softly doors to rooms they will not be going back to. The on justice poem. And are you married? Yes, I'm married. I have two kids. How old are the kids and what
2: are their names? Eight and 10. Uh, the eight-year-old is Ike and the 10-year-old is Solari. Mm -hmm. and what's your partner's name molly
3: so we're just going to hold on because there's that
0: how long ago did you found brand live
2: we started brand live it really was a side project from 2010 to 2012 and then 2013 we spun it out my co-founder stayed inside of that company and i Um, started raising money and built a team. Um, So 2013 was kind of an exciting year. We won a big pitch competition and then closed at the very end of 13. We closed our angel round. And then 2014 was really fun
0: and exciting
2: kind of building a management team and going from, you know, a few hundred thousand to over a million in a year.
0: And if I recall correctly, you said Ike is eight?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, so...
0: Solari was born,
2: let's see, uh, right around the time that we were founding BrandLive, but it was a project. And then in 2011, Ike was born. So they were both there when I, you know, dedicated full time to BrandLive and that growth process. Right. So you've had three children.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. And uh, and so and now here you are, sort of on the other side of forty, still responsible for the family. Um, Got gotten, gotten a little bit of cushion, but but now also trying to figure out who are you and what do you do. Yeah, with your own life.
3: Right. Does that "who are you" question resonate? I feel like I'm pretty clear
2: about who I am, but the thing I struggle with more. I remember early in the Brand Live journey, it felt like Brand Live was this perfect creation of background and experience I had prior to that. I went to film school and I really got into film and video and around the time YouTube happened and the internet happened, I realized, okay, like traditional filmmaking and film production wasn't the thing I wanted to spend my time and energy on. And I was more of like a little bit of a geek in the, on the video side of things. And so I dedicated more time to learning uh, internet technology and how video delivery would change on the web. And so it was kind of this perfect... Um, creation of these passions that I had prior to that, plus I had um, gone through an MBA process. So it was like take my passion, take the the thrill of starting a business, and the knowledge that I got through the MBA process, and bring those things together. And so I was trying to think: is this is this just a phase of my life, or is this going to be my life going forward? You know, will I run Brand Live? Forever, And then obviously when that changed it, it, um, it made it feel more like a phase. And so I'm trying to sort of stitch the different stories together, the different phases of my life and figure out, okay, if these phases and chunks are lasting, you know, North of five years to 10 years, what I want this next phase to look like, what's the story, what's the, what's the thing that I'm dedicating myself to. And the one I know for sure is, is the family. You know, I've made some moves recently to really prioritize getting the family in a really good spot. And I feel great about that.
0: But I don't know. Is that the move from, from Portland to Bend?
2: Yeah. We sold our house in Portland. Transitioned work, obviously. Um, got the kids into a new school. Kind of changed our daily routine in a very significant way which has been all for the positive um, mm. it's allowed for a lot of this kind of decompression time, mm. but there's there, like I said, there's fear in the what next. I don't want to go get a job. I want to start a company and, and that, I don't know what that is yet necessarily. How does that feel? Uh, scary a little bit because you can't you can't control everything you know you i can put all this time and energy in and then have it not turn out the way that i want it to or the way you envision it to and sometimes those things are out of your control so i feel like i want to spend all this time sort of educating and trying to figure out plan and predict what the next thing might be to put it in the best position possible but also kind of
0: release and let it be what it's going to be so there's like a tension, there's a conflict, because what I'm sensing is that there's a cognitive awareness that things may not turn out to be the way you'd like them to be, brain yeah. life turned yeah. out okay, but not what you wanted it to be. Yeah. And you survived. Yeah, you just paused because like, that was like a big thing to remind you. You mm-hmm. survived that. <laughs> It was okay. But then there's an awareness that you're okay with it not turning out the way you wanted it to be. And yet there's a fear that it won't turn out to be the way you want it to be.
3: And both sort of are in there. I feel like I'm,
2: I'm okay, but I still don't feel like I fully processed the deepest, darkest moments of last summer and the, the pain that I experienced in the transitions that the company went through. I don't know what kind of lasting effect that's going to have on me.
0: Well, let's relax the wish to know what the lasting effect is. And let's just focus on what effect it might
3: be having right now. Mm -hmm. One of
0: the things that, Uh, I noticed early on was you talked about managing the board differently. You talked about having a different board relationship. And I don't know that this is true, but I've often seen entrepreneurs in your position almost make a what not to do next time list. You're smiling. Does that feel like something familiar? Like I'm not going to do that and I'm not going to do that and I'm going to have this capital structure.
2: Yeah, and I think one of
0: them goes back to
2: just that hard, those hard conversations.
0: I'm going to start having wow. hard conversations earlier. I'm not going to put those off. Am I naming it right?
3: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that such an exercise is healthy. It's a good thing. And as with many things that we do to take care of ourselves, there may, in fact, be a little bit anxiety mitigation going on with that. Like, Brand Live did not end up the way I wanted it to end up, so I'm going to do all these things instead to ensure that I don't
2: have the pain that I have. But that doesn't really work, right? I mean, that's
0: not going <laughs> to... Well, you, now we're both smiling, right? <laughs> This is the problem with getting wise, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's put it this way. Um, you, can, you can and should, as you think about your next position, think about the things that you would do differently. You can and you should. And you can and should ward off and, and um, make sure that you don't go through what you went through last time. But... I would advise being careful of thinking that you still won't go through some difficulties. It's like you can learn how to be a really effective founder in relationship with boards and you can push yourself to grow, to learn how to have fierce, meaningful conversations. And those things are really important but you cannot stop life from unfolding. In fact, if you think about it, you don't really want to stop life from unfolding because there's only a way to stop life from unfolding. True. Yeah. Right? And so what we want to build up is not knowledge to prevent us from having pain and difficulty, but it's skills and awareness to know what to do when it inevitably happens.
2: You know, that reminds me of an analogy I heard from you. And as a filmmaker, this resonated with me really well. That we know films are created 24 frames per second. But when we're trying to watch, if you tried to watch that same movie frame by frame by frame, which is how your life is unfolding, it would be insanely painful. And the trick is, in those painful processes, you want to take a step back, grab a bowl of popcorn, and and watch the whole movie unfolding. Go, wow, this is an incredible story.
0: That's right. That was really That's helpful right. for me. Right. I remember I studied film in college, and I remember uh, thinking about our relationship to film, and the phrase "suspending disbelief" was often used, and meaning you suspend the awareness that you're actually just sitting in the movie theater watching the movie so that you can actually enjoy the film. Yeah. But the truth is there's something powerful in staying conscious of the fact that you're a participant in the movie of your life. You're watching it unfold. And I'm glad you picked up on that metaphor. Um, Pull up a
3: chair, pop some popcorn, Create
0: some distance from what is unfolding on the screen and yourself. Stay connected so that you can have that emotional experience that you desperately want. But maintain a little bit of the distance to say, it's just a movie. It's just a job. It's just another company. It's just another swoop down in the roller coaster. Yeah. Today, we're talking, and the market has dropped, you know, a, a nauseating amount, right? The Dow Jones is down, and the nauseating, you know, stomach-churning amount. Unfortunately, I'm getting old enough to say has been there, done that. Right. Right. And I don't know that the market's going to come back. I think so. It always has. But um, the seeing the frames per second—that's a metaphor I've used in the book, and and in my book, I also talk about our experience of watching the roller coaster, of of experiencing the roller coaster of life, of experiencing the roller coaster of the journey. And your startup journey has been quite a roller coaster. In fact, you could argue the first. Leg of it was just zoop, 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 really, really high, Boom, and then stomach turned and dropped. Right? The point of riding the roller coaster I wrote is not to get good at riding roller coasters, it's learning not to board the roller coaster at all. It's you know, Coney Island Cyclone is best appreciated from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like look at them they're on the roller coaster right and i think you know as you as you are sitting in this sort of in-between state noting the importance of purpose in your life noting how valuable it is to have a sense of direction noting the groundlessness that comes from not having all that and dare i inject something into it notice how interesting it is to be at midlife when that has happened yeah. because you can feel the pull my children are getting older and i don't want to miss out i want to spend the time with my wife that i hadn't spent so i'm going to pick my family up and move to a place that is beautiful and a little bit slower perhaps so that I can create that environment, notice all of those experiences and from that place, step into the experience of creating
3: a new company.
2: Yeah, I think that that's a great summary of uh, what this experience is like or talking to somebody who maybe is entering into transition from their startup.
0: Yeah. You know, what I, I, what I will tell you is... Uh, i'm going to respond to you more as an older brother than even as a coach right and you know as i described my journey right um from venture capitalists and Flatiron partners to jp morgan to a lot of downtime and this sort of in-between state the waiting state as as you know um Talked about before that sort of groundlessness, seeking purpose, seeking for the activity, but also enjoying not having the activity. This really interesting state. And then ginning up, and a new thing arose. Now, Reboot's five years old. We've gone through some transitions internally. We're in a different space. We're taking uh, a look at the future and really defining our relationship in a different way. Over the weekend, I wrote a little note to the to the team about entering that phase, mindful of the importance of the work that we do and the lives that we touch. Mindful of all that, and seeing that as love, and saying, "Okay," as we go into we're 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 we turn six this summer, so we're in the beginning of our next five year development plan we don't have any intention of this company being public or being purchased or anything like that and so what gathers us together what binds us together is the love of the work and the work being love made manifest Mm -hmm. we love helping entrepreneurs and that love becomes the defining characteristic of what this mission is, what this vision is, this is what it's about. I say all this to, again, from, a, from the stance of being someone f- a little further down the line, 15 years older than you, in fact, to be able to sort of look back and say, it is possible as you design your second act to not only have a better, more functioning board of directors, but to have a company that fits you like a well-tailored suit of clothes. To have a, a CEO position that enables you to watch your kids school play and maybe your son go to dance class and your daughter go to baseball to hold your wife's hand as you walk down the street
3: or up the driveway at the school. It is possible to have all those things if you allow yourself.
2: Yeah, and that's amazing and exciting. That, That helps take some of the fear out of it.
0: See, one of the challenges that we have, you've done such good work in the circles, and you've clearly done work to understand how who you are has shaped your businesses Mm -hmm. and the way way you've approached work. One of the opportunities that I think is available to all of us is to really deeply answer the question, how do I want to be as an adult, as a leader? Mm -hmm.
3: How do I want
0: to relate to work? That's the back end, if you will, of that notion of radical self-inquiry. Like that's yeah. the, for what reason do I do that? So that I can actually define and choose things.
1: Because I'd like to.
2: Well, I, I kind of arrived at that through this passion project. So I've been a sports coach for a long time. and we What sport? Uh, ski racing was the, the main one that I reached the highest level in and have been sort of giving back as a more elite level coach and then now a youth and junior coach. Um, but I've always been kind of a sports Mm -hmm. guy. I like sports stuff and the team, the, um, the feeling that you get from being a part of a team and the experience that you get of being part of a team is really cool and interesting to me. And some of the best relationships that I have came from those kinds of experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was similar in totally different sports for some people that we hired at BrainLive. And we had the kind of quintessential sports analogy, like our VP of sales would say, you know, let's play to the final whistle when we had 20% of the bookings that we needed in a month and there's 24 hours left in the month. And somehow we get the last 80% in the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to dig deeper in that kind of uh, cause I was curious about it, but also as a way to figure out who am I and what, what do I want to stand for? And so I started interviewing sports coaches that I knew and interviewing other um, CEOs and founders that I knew and just trying to find the overlap between these interviews. And then also I'm um, reading a lot of books and I've read um, Pete Carroll's book, which is called win forever. Mm. Not a you know, bestseller necessarily or anything like that, but I had a really good nugget in there about developing a personal philosophy Mm. So that got me really thinking, and mine happens to be in like a pyramid, kind of like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like what is the base thing for its needs in order to have as my foundation? Mm. And then what, what am I essentially driving for? What's the top of the pyramid for me? And so the bottom of my pyramid is education. I spend a lot of time kind of researching and mm getting my head around specific topics and then use that to generate some curiosity. What, what is it of this research that is interesting to me? Mm. And then, uh, as kind of a filmmaker creator, try to make something out of that make something physical, make something software company, etc. cetera, and try and generate growth out of that experience. Mm. Uh, so that, I guess that would be, what's at the top of the pyramid for you the top of the pyramid is growth so kind of one of the things in sports that I always did in ski racing it's based on a point system and once you Mm. get to a certain point level you usually only move forward Mm. And so the idea is that kind of you work you work you work you reach a new level and then you make that your new normal and Mm. then that's your next base, and then you work, you work, you work, and then you get to the next new normal. And so it's kind of similar with companies if everything is going well, right? You go from zero to a million, and then a million to two, and then two to four, and you just keep getting better and better and better. And that process is really fun and interesting for me.
0: Hmm. I think I see that you're in that process right now with your whole life. And the question remains, what, what shall I do to earn money to as part of that process? What shall I do um, to to bring forth work in the world? And I think that um, you know my my last piece of advice, and we'll we'll start to wrap with this is you know I think if you go into the the exploration mindful of the full pyramid mindful of all of this Um, then you'll be the tailor that bespoke suit you'll be the one who sort of creates that and as a result you'll model for your children a relationship to work that is very different than what must have and you get to model work as a means of actualization not as an obligation, as the fulfillment of David White would call it, uh, the
3: dreadful obligation.
0: Yeah. Well, Fritz, I'm excited and, and really grateful that you shared with us the, where you are in this journey. It, I can feel how much work you've done, and I can feel that you're in that tension place of trying to figure out the next phase. And um, as I often say to people, don't forget that you're not alone in this space. Um, others have come before you. Others will come behind you. And others are going through it right now. And uh, uh, as you've experienced, there's a power in being able to take a walk virtually and literally with a peer and say, this is where I'm going from.
2: Yeah, a reboot, uh, I feel like, has been really helpful for that. I, it was amazing to me how many times we'd be in circles and someone would bring up an issue, and it, it sounds oh so familiar. Yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. Which is comforting. It takes away that uh, loneliness that you have as a founder and CEO that everyone talks about.
0: Yeah, uh, loneliness as founder and CEO, and I would argue, more i'm out there in the world talking about these issues the more i realize that there's a loneliness that comes from simply being human um in the ways in which we are reorganized and it's not necessary it's not endemic to the species if you will it's just the way we tend to operate yep
2: yeah i feel that with you when you said the you have the ability to have all those things to be, I think you said the tailor of your own suit. Mm. That I think is helping minimize a little bit the fear because the fear is just the like natural human tendency to fear the unknown or fear the uncertain or fear the things that I can't control because I couldn't control it in the past.
0: Yeah. And, and in the fear of the unknown and the uncertain in the future, um, we are often blinded to the agency and the possibilities that we have to shape that future, to make those choices. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, um, I'm, I'm infamous now for likening the process of leadership to the process of growing into adulthood, to being the fully actualized, from Maslow's perspective, the fully actualized human. But that is, in fact, the opportunity And a necessary component of that is realizing the agency that you, in fact, have to be the tailor of your own suit.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, go to reboot.io slash podcasts to listen to all five seasons of our podcast conversations. And leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way for other people to find and enjoy the show just as you have done. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Now, a critical mistake that entrepreneurs make is not thinking about their board of directors early enough. And this is why we created Reboot Your Board, a four-day self-guided practical skills course all about managing your board via the wisdom of Jerry, Fred Wilson, and Brad Feld. Now, this course is for any company of any size, including those who haven't yet taken investment. And over the course of four days, worth of rich content, we take you through the practical challenges of growing and developing a high-functioning board. The board relationship doesn't have to be a challenge. In fact, it can be one of the most rewarding aspects of a leadership journey. And when done well, the board CEO partnership can help each party grow and become the best possible person they can be. Be sure to get started on our Reboot Your Board course at Rebootyourboard.com.